This is episode number 40 of The Inspiring Talk with Salav Sahai. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. I'm excited for my guest Salav Sahai. Salav is co-founder and director of I Volunteer, which is a social enterprise that brings volunteers and organizations together to share time, skills and passion to promote country's social development. He is an alumnus of the prestigious rural management program at Irma. Salav has co-founded Jobs for Good, which offers recruitment and HR advisory services. So social enterprises are able to leverage human capital towards achieving their mission. Salav is also credited with creating I Volunteer Awards, nation's only award aimed at inspiring, recognizing and establishing new benchmarks on volunteering. Salav was instrumental in creating the ICICI Fellows program in 2009 and led it till 2013, following which he co-founded India Fellow, an intense 13-month leadership journey that sets young Indians on becoming socially conscious leaders of tomorrow. He has got prestigious fellowships such as Commonwealth Professional Fellowship in 2003, among many others. In this episode, we discuss about how did Salab got fascinated by volunteering and why he thinks it is addictive, challenges of working in social enterprise sector, the achievement he is most proud of, and why Salab thinks failure is most important in one's life, and he talks about his failure in his own life and much more. Now, before I welcome Salav, I'd like to read a review of the week for this podcast. This one comes from Neo Elemento on iTunes. The Inspiring Talk, as the name suggests, is one of the most inspiring podcasts to spring up from India. Vijay does a great job interviewing some of the most promising and prominent personalities from across the globe to give the listeners the regular dose of inspiration. Keep it up. Thank you so much for your review, Neo Elemento. I'm so glad that you have found value on this podcast and loved it. I would love to know your real name. You can let me know by leaving a comment on show notes page of this episode at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 4040. Guys, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast, CastBox or wherever you consume your podcast from. And if you have been listening for some time now, it would mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the show. Ratings and reviews are very helpful in ranking up the show and are highly appreciated. Also, I'm super glad to share with you that the Inspiring Talk podcast is now also available on Book My Show Jukebox under Knowledge section. So go ahead and check it out on your Book My Show app. Now, without further ado, let me welcome Salav Sahai. Welcome guys inside this episode. I'm super pumped to be joined by Salav Sahai. Salam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vijay. Awesome to have you here. Uh, it's an honor to be here as well. Awesome. So, Salav, I met you for the first time at FAILCON, the Conference of Failures, which one of your organizations, India Fellow, has put together. 
So it was it was amazing to uh, you know have that little conversation with you on the side and then share a bit of my story on that event and listen to your story that was pretty interesting. So now Salab you have got this long list of achievements uh from founding I volunteer to jobs for good creating I volunteer award ICICI fellow program and the list goes on and on including lot of awards and fellowships. So how did you even got into this volunteering thing and what what's your story? um if i can say so uh, for me it was more accidental in nature rather than intentional to begin with um so i had completed my graduation and i was looking for uh, like the typical mba school a good business school that could lead me to a good job um but there's always something in the mind which i didn't realize that i was looking for when i was appearing for different interviews i made a short list to the some of the top notch uh, management schools in india and uh, this one management school called institute of rural management in anand uh, shortly uh, known as irma uh, is something which i hadn't heard much about earlier but i knew that it was one of the better known institutes and uh, during my interview that happened at the interview campus i think uh, the faculty uh, the campus the purpose and the mission of the institute they all left an indelible mark on me and somehow whichever other institute that i considered for an mba i always found myself being pulled back to this the mission driven school and what was the mission the mission was to serve organizations or nonprofits that work for the people a very simple uh, mission like that and the belief was that you know the best of the country's management graduates go and serve the mncs and the big companies uh, and then we also have this indian administrative services ias and so the other big lot of people actually go and join the government but there's nobody to pick up the organizations that really work closely with the people i think some way that mission appealed to me i found the campus really lovely it is lush and green um uh, and so uh, somewhere it struck a chord inside me and i joined irma the two years that i spent at this school were totally transformative i think that is what changed me i got to taste first hand what the development sector was all about i got to understand people's problems i got to understand a professional and management approach to resolving them and that gave me my first taste of the sector and i fell in love with it so i think that's where the beginning was so when you started out there and you know you have it exposed to the whole development sector in irma um what did you do after that did you graduate from there and then uh, went to work somewhere or started your own venture uh which is i volunteer so uh how did how did i volunteer happen after after graduating from irma right so uh i did my mba from irma in uh, 98 2000 1998 2000 it was the time when the first dot com boom was hitting the indian mm. shores and it was making it big um so it was always on our mind you know uh, anand where the institute is is based is pretty close to amdabad where where the imm amdabad uh the the number one mba school in the country is also is based and we found that you know uh, that being a typical b school uh there were a lot of these business competitions that were coming up for startups and uh, somewhere we were also considering that you know well uh, what can we do uh, if you think of a startup so that environment uh in the country and the business environment uh, at a global level uh was something that was kind of supportive of uh, startups we started thinking that what kind of startup can we have in place and at that time the startups were all technology based we thought that uh, at irma what we specialize is in 
was development plus management. If you were to add a technology solution to a uh, to it, then I think we would have something unique because people either look at technology plus business or people look at uh, you know rural plus technology. But rural plus management plus technology is something that would make us completely unique. And somehow during those two years, I was also ahead of most of my batch when it comes to technology uh, implementation or execution or understanding of it. So that was the original trigger. And uh, when we studied the wider environment, uh, I and other co-founders of mine, uh, we were all batchmates at Irma. So we realized that uh, one of the key challenges was that the most of the non-profit players or the development sector players, the organizations that work for the people, um, they work only with the people that they serve. That is the underprivileged or the underserved or the underdeveloped parts of the country. While most of the people, almost everyone uh, who was actually going to make it big in life was going to join the, the corporate sector. So in a way, the best talent of the country was working for businesses, whereas the most difficult challenges were being dealt by the development organizations. There was a big gap of talent in the development sector and they couldn't hire it for the lack of money. So how to bridge that gap? And so we thought that, of course, you know, if the best talent, which is working elsewhere, could choose to spend some time of their, of theirs volunteering with the non-profits, then that branch, that this gap could be bridged. Uh, and we thought that if you were to put together a technology platform, uh, something like a, a Nokri.com or the Monster.com of the volunteering world, uh, then that is something that will bridge the gap instantly and we could use technology and leverage our understanding of the development sector to bring talent in the form of volunteers to solve some of the people's uh, development challenges. So that was the trigger. And that's how the idea of having iVolunteer came into being. Uh, this was right at the time uh, when we were about to finish our business school or, or a management school. Uh, but at the same point of time, uh, we also realized, you know, all of us co-founders, there were four of us, all of us co-founders, we were all from a typical uh, middle school, sorry, middle class background. And we uh, couldn't just, you know, leave the campus without any jobs and startups and thing with no backup. And obviously this was a social enterprise. It had no revenue model in the beginning. In fact, social enterprise, the world was not even known at that time. It was a non-profit. So we used the campus interviews to find placements, job placements. And I joined Gujarat Cooperative Milk Marketing Federation, better known as Amul in marketing. Uh, that was like a day zero or day one of the campus. and. Uh, I joined that organization. That too is not a company. It's a cooperative owned by farmers. Uh, so I was still in the sector, but still looking at, at marketing uh, side of things. Uh, I worked there for a brief period of time, a little over six months, during which time both me and my founders, uh, co-founders, were trying to find people or institutions or organizations that could support us in starting up uh, and setting up our enterprise. Uh, so about six months down the line, we found support. And uh, we quit our jobs and we jumped full time into setting up iVolunteer. That's an amazing story out there. So one thing that you mentioned a bit earlier is 
it was totally accidental for you to find or start, you know, get into this developmental sector and also even starting this organization, I volunteer. And you also said in one of the speeches that I was watching of yours, and that was on the pro bono, and it was about, you know, creating accidents, intentionally creating accidents for people so that they can find their inner person. So how do you create those kind of accidents so that people can actually, you know, get that opportunity to find their person or maybe know themselves through I volunteer? So I think if I step back from my volunteer and look at the Indian society in general, it's a the large middle class in uh, in the Indian society is traditionally geared to be risk averse, not take risks, follow the traditional toad line, and never go astray. Which means that right from the time of schooling till the point of time that people actually go for higher studies and choose their jobs. Uh, and even marriages or personal life, uh, people are always following what they expected to follow by the society. So there's a defined line, a defined route, and that people take on. So, you know, you complete your 10th, and if, if you are good in science and mathematics, you become try to become an engineer. If you're good in biology, you try and become a doctor. Uh, after that, you take up a job, and, you know, it's just a straight line. The idea of internships, the idea of taking a different route and trying to explore your own abilities and explore what is there out in the world, what other forms of career opportunities, what other form of informational knowledge uh, forums exist, uh, how you can actually enhance your skills, your experience, your persona are things which are almost not considered. It's changing now. I think 20 years back, it, it hadn't changed at all. Our realization is that volunteering is actually one of the easiest and the best ways that provides people an opportunity to take up something that they do not understand entirely and use that to not only benefit the society, but even come across those little accidents that might open up a new horizon, a new window of understanding the world and understanding oneself. So um, when people volunteer, they are volunteering with a community that they possibly do not come from, that they do not understand. They are volunteering on a subject which is something that they do not usually work on. They're working in an organization whose structure, whose nuances, whose purpose, whose mission is something that is not their usual uh, way of living. So I think in doing all of these, people actually take that leap of faith and go out there and volunteer and to benefit the others, but in doing so, they come across so many different things in life. It opens them up to new things. And I think that's where our belief is that, you know, while I, like I said, that, you know, uh, people need to have more accidents that give them a chance to experience something different, something new. Volunteering for me um, is that amazing journey that can bring you to face to face with such accidents but slightly in a better planned manner and also accidents that result into good and not just bad. So I volunteer in a way is, is, is designing those accidents in the form of volunteering opportunities for people. Hmm. So uh, when you create these kind of accidents for people, by that word accident, we mean uh, giving them platform or the opportunity to experience new things that they might have never experienced in their own life. And then uh, that could, again, as you rightly said, opens up their mind and then, you know, uh, the vision get broadened because, as you said, there is this plain li line, right? This is the, uh, you know, walked path that 
is a written or well-documented path that you need to walk and and then uh, not many parents even guide the uh, you know as our society doesn't guide people in walking the different route that uh, you know not so many people have walked so uh, that's that's amazing and then um sort of another thing is you know when you create these kind of accidents maybe some person might want to try let's see what's in the development sector or just uh, coming in there and are there any example specific example of people you know coming just for seeing what is happening on the development sector and then made that as a profession or whole thing like one example is you definitely so are there any other stories that you'd like to share if you can remember any of them sure and um uh, and let me let me rephrase i think this accidents was more like a theory that uh, i spoke of at one point of time and you caught it and kind of you know i went on in that direction um, accident so, is not something that we use on a regular basis as a word to uh, define what kind of experiences that we want to bring to people it is end of the day you know what mm-hmm. experiences and accident is just one way of looking at those experiences and learning from it one particular story that in fact continues to inspire me as well is this of uh, this friend and colleague uh, that i've had her name is prathna uh, so i first met prathna when she was uh, just beginning to volunteer through i volunteer uh, for the visually challenged or the blind people in bangalore uh, she used to be working with ibm at that time and chose to volunteer through us a little over a period of time she realized that she was loving the volunteering much more than the work that she was doing at ibm and uh, she quit from that job and she requested us if she could join us and she joined our team in uh, in bangalore at that time i told her that pratna uh, volunteer management is different than volunteering because in volunteering you are driven entirely by your own purpose your own interest your own passion whereas in volunteer management you have to feed others volunteering others passion and others interest so slightly it's a, it's a it's a the thing remains the same but you have a different outlook at it uh, she took up the challenge and she made our bangalore center into one of the most happening volunteering center in terms of engaging volunteers within bangalore she grew from that position of being a volunteer relationship manager at i volunteer to heading the bangalore center and then to nationally leading all of our centers her passion was so great that after having worked with us for almost 8 years uh, she decided that she wanted to go back to actually working full time for the visually challenged and the other handicapped people and uh, so she set up her own organization called giftable uh, we supported her initially by giving her some time off so that she could pursue her passion end of the day she decided to pursue it full time and uh, she set up this amazing organization almost about 5 years back called giftable that is an amazing amount of work and she's an inspiring person not just for me and our team especially people who work with her at that time but for i think all the volunteers and all our partner organizations that she has ever interacted with so i think that's an amazing example of a person who started her journey as a volunteer and has made volunteering her full time passion and then moved on to actually setting up a social enterprise and is doing very good at that awesome now let's talk about the failure so you also organized through your organization first pro bono fuck up night in india right so where you guys talk about failures and why is failures important number one uh in in uh, everyone's life and another is what are the biggest failures in your own life so i think the failures are extremely important simply because we learn from failures uh if you look at a little child it is when the child falls that the child learns how to walk 
It is not possible to learn how to walk or how to cycle unless you fall. It's the same with skills. It's the same with experiences. It's the same with finding uh, your own passion, your own rhythm when it comes to personal and professional life. So failure, I think, is extremely important to learn. The important element within failure is not to get bogged down by failure, not to find faults in the environment, not to kind of have a defeatist approach, but actually look for the silver line, look for the learnings, look for what not to do next time, look for how to do better next time and find an opportunity that makes sense. So I think it is when we have the right attitude and we learn from our failures that failures become a stepping ladder to success for us. So uh, that's where I think the failures are extremely important. Uh, when I look at my own journey, I think um, uh, there are you know small and large failures. Um, but if I were to go back, really back, um, when I finished my school, standard 12th, I was pretty good at, at studies, at academics. And uh, I had, again, just like most of the typical Indians, I had a one-track mind of becoming an engineer because I was good in mathematics and physics. Everybody around me, my schoolmates, my teachers, my family expected me to become an engineer. As luck would have it, my 11th and 12th were in an army school, an army public school. And uh, most of my friends and batchmates were appearing for the National Defense Academy examination. And I actually appeared for that examination. And uh, incidentally, this was again accidental, which is why my belief is uh, so much in accidents. I I got selected to become an Air Force cadet at the National Defense Academy. And I joined the National Defense Academy as an Air Force cadet because of which I didn't appear for the engineering examinations. But as luck would have it, I think after uh, one and a half years, uh, I suffered some uh, dislocation uh, during training of my shoulder because of which I had to medically be boarded out. And I came back. Uh, and, you know, I, I was close to wasting almost two years of my career or my academic life. And I didn't know what to do next. And I think I treated that as a basic failure for me that, you know, I didn't choose the line that I wanted to. I chose a line and I didn't succeed over there. And I was back to being nowhere. That is also a very big downtime in my life. But I think uh, my school principal who I met uh, during those days, uh, said a number of things to me, but the one typical line that I remember from it is that consider it a blessing in disguise. This gives you a chance to look for something that you're really passionate about and go out and do it. And I think it was during that time, like I said, that I was appearing for so many different examinations and exploring so many different career options that somewhere within me, I found a calling to this particular institute and that changed the direction of my entire life. So I think that what I treated as a failure at that time of, you know, not choosing engineering as a profession or not being successful at the National Defense Academy led me uh, to choose a career, to choose a profession that I'm uh, extremely grateful for and extremely proud of. So I think that was very early in my life. If I roll it down uh, much later, uh, in fact, somewhere midway after we had founded I Volunteer, uh, like I said, that the original dream was to become a monster.com or a knocky.com of the volunteering world. Basically establish a volunteering platform that would use technology to bring volunteers and nonprofits together. This was in 2002. But the failure 
that we had as an organization at that time was that we didn't understand where will the volunteers come from and where will the non-profits come from. Most of the non-profits that were registering on our platform and giving us the volunteer requirements were actually not based on metros. Whereas most of the volunteers or most of the people who were predisposed to volunteering and were coming onto our platform were actually all based in metros. Most of the volunteers in that time in 2002 were accessing internet from their offices, which meant that they were working professionals. So most of our volunteers were working professionals, whereas, uh, which meant that actually they had less of time and more of skills to give. But most of our non-profits, because they were based in the uh, rural areas, they couldn't use these skills from a distance. They were not used to using internet as much. Also, there was a cultural work gap in terms of work culture. You know, businesses function very differently and the volunteers had very different expectations. NGOs work very differently. They had very different expectations. This expectation mismatch was a huge thing. So I think the entire technology initiative in the first two years for us showed us a big dream and had a big traction in terms of getting early advantage of attracting early volunteers and early non-profit adopters. But in the final impact, in the final outcome of making the right match and getting volunteering done on the ground, we failed. This happened in the first two years. And this failure led us to actually chart a different path and a different growth for the organization where we decided from our, and we learned that we need to handhold uh, the non-profits. We need to handhold the volunteers and thus make volunteering work. So we had a lot of role to play in building the market and not just serving the market through a platform. Uh, so I think that was a very early failure for us as well. A lot of learning out there. So um, failing right after high school and that led you to the totally different platform and, you know, introduce you to this whole new different platform, which you are now really excelling and making a lot of different positive changes in many people's life, right? So are there any specific things or maybe changes that you have been able to bring out with iVolunteer that you are most proud of? That you'd like to share out? I think the first and the biggest change, you know, I've already said that we were the first volunteering platform in the mm. country, so that itself was a novelty. But I think bigger than that, what I'm really proud of was that we introduced volunteering to working professionals. So, till 2000, 2002 almost, if you thought of a volunteer, you thought of somebody who was either in college studying, a young person, or you thought of a a retired person, a senior citizen, or you thought of a homemaker. People would never picture a working professional as a volunteer. I think that's something that we changed in the psyche of people as I volunteer. Uh, so people who were working professionals started considering that, well, I could volunteer too. Nonprofits who had never encountered such volunteers started considering, oh, great, why can't I utilize this set of people? And I think that was one of our earliest contributions as I volunteer. The second, exactly a 10 years later, a uh, big thing that I'm proud of is creating the iVolunteer Awards. So the idea was that, you know, after having worked for 10 years as iVolunteer, we realized that the biggest challenge that we face to promote volunteering and adoption of volunteering, prevalence of volunteering in the country is the lack of recognition for volunteering. Uh, why is volunteering treated differently in the North America and in the Europe? It's because it's a part and parcel of life. 
it's a part of family it's a part of culture it's a part of the government setup it's a part of the institutional setup colleges universities workplaces but in india volunteering is not considered uh at least at that time volunteering was not considered something that people were proud of you know it was more with the indian uh uh culture and uh, social setup of actually even if people volunteered they wouldn't talk in a big way about it uh, there's a saying in hindi that you know when you do something good you actually hide it away you don't show it to the outer world so first not many people were being encouraged to take up volunteering secondly those who were taking up volunteering were not talking about it so it was not something that was out there in the public through i volunteer awards our initial our first objective was to really change that and uh, in doing so we wanted that you know volunteers become proud of sharing their story with their families with their friends with their peers the media picks up some of those stories and talks about it in a big way so that uh, the country gets to know about them and we are able to identify benchmarks and models of volunteering being adopted by volunteers by volunteer facilitating organizations and by companies uh, enabling volunteering for their employees so so i think that's a big uh, step that we took we still on the journey over there i wouldn't say that you know we have changed entirely but uh, i think we have made a considerable progress and and i do get reminded of one of the uh, another uh, interesting programs that we have had uh, back in 2004 we created a program called i volunteer overseas in partnership with uh, a british charity uh, an international charity called uh, vso uh through this charity we provided an opportunity through this program called i volunteer overseas we provided an opportunity for indians to volunteer for a long term period in other developing countries in africa and southeast asia and even latin america now if you look at the history of india we have always been recipients of development aid and we have been recipients of volunteers from outside india we have never sent volunteers to other countries to other developing countries and i think in 2004 i volunteer was the first one and possibly today also is one of the only rare ones that gives an opportunity for indians to actually volunteer in other developing countries as well so i think that's an amazing program that we are proud of creating and sustaining over this period of time salav recently you tweeted volunteers aren't free labor they are a resource that needs to be managed and developed what is the message that you wanted to give out to people with this tweet uh often volunteers are considered entirely free uh, when you go to non profits they say oh volunteers are free and so they are welcome what they do not realize is that when volunteers come in they are also newbies they are also freshers they are also interns uh, they are people who need to be understood who need to be trained they are people who need to be assessed for their potential who need to be provided the right direction so that they can actually give, give their best output and in doing all of this the ngos that receive the volunteers also spend considerable amount of ta- cost in terms of time you know whether it is of the people on the ground or the management in providing an enabling environment in sensitizing their own staff to provide a working atmosphere for volunteers so i think all of this is an investment uh, which is not normally costed or or factored in when people think that you know volunteers are free and exactly the same thing gets repeated in the corporate atmosphere as well so 
interestingly, when corporates actually approach us for partnerships and they say that, you know, we are wanting to give our volunteers for free, they expect that, you know, uh, because they're allowing the people to volunteer. So suddenly everything just happens overnight. So it is actually takes a lot of time for us to convince the people who send volunteers, the, the corporates and workplaces, that volunteer management itself is a discipline. Just like there is human resource management required to manage the human resources of a company, there's human resource management required to manage the uh, full-time employees of an NGO. Similarly, volunteers are also human resources. Mm. They may not be paid. They may come mm. out of pure passion, but they're human resources. They need to be managed. And in managing them, it requires all the disciplines of inspiring, of taking care, of developing, of finding the right um, path for them and the right application of their time, skills and interests. So that's what I meant when I said that. Now, if there is someone who really want to get started with volunteering, but he or she is not clear on where he or she should be exactly starting and he or she has not yet identified which field would be which sector in inside you know this development sector would be something that he should he or she should be considering so how he or she can really get started just to maybe uh, test out if uh, volunteering is for him or her so i so uh, volunteers have to consider several things when they start uh, volunteering the first is their passion and their interest you know, uh, which cause are they are they really passionate for and they would like to contribute towards. The second is their own availability and availability in terms of time and also in terms of the location. So how far are they willing to go and how much time are they willing to contribute, including the time, you know, of commuting if it's a local volunteering and on a day-to-day -day basis. The third element is the kind of engagement. The kind of engagement, is it using your professional skills? Is it using uh, a hobby that you've picked up aside from professional skills or it is actually going manually and, and serving people? So those are the three different things that anybody has to consider when volunteering. What happens a lot of times is that when people uh, say that they're interested in taking up a particular volunteering project, uh, they still do not understand uh, the nuances of that engagement. So, for example, uh, most of our volunteers come in, you know, and say that they want to work with children and uh, they want to teach children uh, because I think the, the emotional requirement from within most people is uh, is the highest for this particular thing. So, most volunteers would actually say that at the first time and they typically want to teach the children. But teaching children is not something that everybody is great at. And teaching children is a, requires regularity uh, most often. Now, regular volunteering, for the first time volunteer to commit without understanding what is that organization, what does teaching involve, and how will I feel at the end of the day, is something that is difficult to commit to. And even if one commits, it's difficult to follow through. So actually, uh, what we do is that after people have filled in their initial form of their interests and availability, etc., we do a call uh, on an interview with them, a face-to-face -face interview or a call through which we try and understand what their understanding of the volunteering is, what the expectations are, and then try and, through a dialogue, establish and educate what could be the initial steps or what could be the initial uh, volunteering projects that they could undertake. At iVolunteer, we believe in lowering the threshold of volunteering as much as possible so that more and more people can take up volunteering 
And then over a period of time and over a couple of projects uh, and some commitment, we expect that people understand the kind of uh, what does it, what works for them. For every volunteer, it's a different thing. Uh, you will find that there are people who are um, financial managers from big companies who do not want to touch finance during their volunteering time because they've done a whole lot of it during their work time. And it's also the same finance managers who actually say, well, my skills can be best put to use if I use my finance skills to help the finances of uh, the financial management of an NGO. So we find the same similar set of profile of people having two very, very varied choices. Some wanting to directly work with the children, some actually wanting to go out there and help NGOs on financial management. Some volunteers are very specific about the cause that they want to work for. Some volunteers say, I'm not specific about the cause that I want to volunteer for. I'm just specific about the time and the skill that I want to use. I think those are things that we get to understand through discussion and through a dialogue with the volunteers. We have a mandatory orientation for volunteers when they come in. And only after this dialogue and this little orientation do we refer the volunteers to our partner organizations. We have more than 300 partner organizations, credible nonprofits across the country. And we you know, send almost 9,000 volunteers every year to work with these uh, nonprofit partners. Wow, that's the huge number. So uh, what is the biggest challenge that you see in this, in this sector? After having you know, done everything, uh, the one single challenge that you'll find commonly across the volunteering field uh, you know, remains volunteer commitment. Uh, the NGOs that require volunteers have traditionally faced this challenge. The organizations like I Volunteer that support volunteering, not just in India, but even outside India. I initially thought that this would be something that is typical to India. But actually, even organizations outside India in Europe and, and in North America face the same challenge of volunteer commitment. Uh, after committing to a certain thing, you're not sure where the volunteer will actually complete the task that he or she has undertaken. Uh, most organizations, including I Volunteer, uh, undertake a series of steps or certain number of processes to minimize that risk. But completely removing that risk is something that nobody has figured a solution to, in my view, at this time. So, Salab, you have come along a long way in, you know, a development sector and doing this lot of work in, uh, you know, uh, joining these dots or gaps that you have identified at the very early is in your career. Um, you know, you have achieved a lot and there is no doubts on that, right? What is that one single most thing that you would like to achieve in next couple of years that you are very, very passionate about? So I think my own passion has grown from, I volunteer to believe that we need to do, go beyond the organization and look at the overall society and the volunteering movement in the country. Uh, but I do believe that we need to do go beyond the organization and look at the overall society. And the one dream that I have is to see that every Indian volunteers. I don't know how much time it will take, 5 years, 20 years, 50 years, but we need to have every Indian to a 108-year-old person and people who are able and people who are completely, you know, just bedridden. But it is important that everybody who is capable of volunteering actually commits to possibly, you know, an hour a week or at least half an hour a week of volunteering. What it means is basically, you know, half an hour a week turns to 26 hours of volunteering. So can every Indian commit to say that, you know, I will volunteer 25 hours or 26 hours in the entire year on the minimum? 
I think that's a dream that is fairly achievable in possibly five years' time. If you look at the the workforce in the country or the adult population in the country, so I think that's something that we'll want to achieve. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, or maybe make people understand who really want to get started with volunteering, or maybe want to take one or two assignments and just to see how does it work for him or her, or in general, any anything that you'd like to share? Ah, there's a very different thought that just occurred to me when I was uh, thinking about to respond to your question. I thought, no, um, there people have addictions. Somebody's addicted to tea. Somebody's addicted to liquor. Somebody's addicted to traveling. Uh, somebody's addicted to music. I think volunteering is also an addiction. You just have to give it a try, give it a shot, and uh, you never know that you know this becomes something which is the most engaging, most inspiring, uh, that drives the adrenaline in you to achieve more and more. So go out there and experience it. I'm sure you will find it is an amazing experience uh, for both you and for everybody around you. Uh, there are sometimes little uh, drawbacks and you, that experience may not be great, but it doesn't mean that the next one will not be great. So give it a shot or two and I'm sure you will love it. Yeah, obviously, you know, it's all about the feeling that you get from volunteering and making impact in the people's life that you would be serving as a volunteer or maybe maybe making that smallest change and looking at that change that you have just made in that small society or maybe in 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 a group of people or maybe in in your own locality, right? So that's the feeling that comes from within uh, that's so rewarding about volunteering and going and taking one of the two assignments as you said, go take one or two and then you will definitely find uh you know it more addictive i really love that so salab now it's time for the enlightening round are you excited about the enlightening round yes very much awesome let's do this so salab what inspires you to do everything that you do i think two things that inspire one volunteering brings me face to face with so many amazing inspiring people who are common people like you and me but they do such amazing inspiring work as running non-profits, uh, business leaders, social leaders, volunteers, you know, you you meet a human being of every time doing an amazing plethora of things. I think that meeting with people, understanding people, understanding what they wish to do and the great things that they're able to achieve is an amazing experience that drives me day in and day out. The second aspect is that Typically, in a big, busy city like Mumbai, where there are tall structures and people take elevators to uh, their home or elevators to their workplace, typically the elevators are a very quiet place and where the introductions or the discussions are very, very boring. But I really love the fact that because of my work, anytime that anybody asks me in an elevator, uh, what is it that you do? It always leads to an interesting conversation. And I think my work gives me the advantage uh, to bring this out. And I really love that feeling as well. And I tend to call it an elevator pitch. You know, it's a slightly different way of looking at things. Not the typical venture capitalist <laughs> kind of elevator pitch. Yeah. But I love that. So which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? So I always look at the larger mission, even when I'm looking at the small uh, tactical problems. So I think always taking my head up from my laptop screen and looking at the mission poster that is pasted in our office whenever there is a discussion or whenever there is a question whether big or small 
is something that helps me find the right path if you were to start this success journey all over again right from the beginning so what are those three things that you would have done differently the first thing is i think we would have studied the reasons why volunteering doesn't work in the country when we set this up we simply look at the opportunity and we started uh, addressing that opportunity we did not study volunteering enough i think that's the number one thing uh, that i would do to change the second thing that i would do is possibly seek a couple of internships with a few volunteering organizations outside india uh and try and understand how some of the organization in different parts of the world have addressed volunteering in their respective countries and culture so that learning could actually uh, uh make a learning curve in india and with i volunteer much more steeper and would be able to achieve much early uh, the kind of success that we achieved over the years i think those are the two things and i would not go for a third one is there any online tool or resource that you use on a daily basis Uh, that has helped you tremendously maybe in improving your productivity or maybe tracking your goals or any anything that has really helped you or app that you really can't go without on a day to day basis i simply use the calendar i think if we use the calendar really well we are able to use our time uh, very very well the time that we spend on meetings the time that we spend with people the time that we spend in putting together reports i have it all on my calendar and uh, that drives my productivity So Salab I have one more question left for you but before that uh if people want to maybe connect with you and learn more about volunteering and also maybe if they want to uh, take some volunteering assignments through i volunteer what is the best possible way to reach out to you and uh, maybe your work i volunteer is spelled as i v o l u n t e r uh, our website is i volunteer.in uh, in stands for india My email ID is shalab s h a l a b h at i volunteer dot in, and I think the best way to reach my organization is through the website i volunteer dot in, and the best way to reach me is through email shalab at i volunteer dot in. We're of course there on all other media and platforms like Facebook as i volunteer dot in, on uh, LinkedIn you can reach me as uh, shalab sahai on Twitter you can follow me. on as a shalab sahai uh, so i think that's where we are so um salab here is the last question for you now imagine that you are standing on a stage in front of an arena and that arena is the biggest one that has been ever built in the history of the world and each of the seats on that arena is occupied and there are let's say millions of people out there and they are listening to you eagerly and very passionately with their eyes wide open and they are there is a pin drop silent and everybody is watching at you and listening to you and you have got 1 minute of the time to address that crowd with the most important lesson that you have learned in your life what would be your message all of us have certain expectations from life all of us have many more assumptions about life but life is all about going beyond expectations and going beyond assumptions volunteering brings us that chance to follow what is not expected of us to discover what we do not assume and i think 
it's one of the most amazing experiences that one can take in one's own lifetime so go out there and experience volunteering not for everyone else not for helping the underprivileged but for yourself go out there and volunteer you are amazing salab thank you so much for being on the show thank you i really appreciate that hey guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of the inspiring talk podcast i hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation with salab if you did make sure that you share this with your friends or family by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 4040 that is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 4040 also make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you are not subscribed to this podcast so that you won't miss amazing upcoming conversations and if you are already subscribed make sure to give a five star rating to the soul and leave your review thank you so much for listening i'll catch you in the next now go out there and do something inspiring